Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Blog Talk Radio. That is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Hello, my name is Kate Prusser, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. We are recording things a little bit differently this week um, because our guest is Tommy Romero, Mariner's Prospect, and he's in Arizona working out and unfortunately not near a computer. You don't have a computer on you, correct? Um, no, correct. So we're, we're, trying, we're trying this in, we're trying things out with a call-in format and ideally uh, Ben Thone, who's our miners guy, will join us here pretty soon. Um, and ideally this is not going to be like just some kind of one-off thing and this is actually recording <laughs> right now. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, Tommy, thanks for joining me. Um, Thank you for having just, me. Oh, for sure. How are how's how, what are you doing with your days right now? Because I know you're not in big league camp, but you are in Arizona. Um, tell us a little bit about what your day to day routine is looking like. Yeah, so right now I'm in the mini camp. So we've just been just going over the regular practice stuff. Like we're doing PFPs every single day. Uh, we're throwing, doing our bullpens. Just just kind of like it's like an early spring training for it's like an invite thing. So we have like 30 guys just from over the minor league system with us. So we're just doing, it's just practicing right now, waiting for, waiting for our games to start up. And, Oh, you mean the regular minor league season, right? Cause that's not yeah. for like another, what, 40, 40 days. I'm not, I think it's like 30 something days, but we have our spring training games coming up in like a, a few weeks, I think. 
Oh, so you guys will have specific minor league spring training games? Yes. Well. For now, we're just oh, okay. like, it's like early practice. I get it. So it's like, it's sort of a mini camp before. Now, when yeah. the mine, will more guys be coming? Because 30 doesn't seem like a ton. And I know that they're borrowing guys out of minor league camp all the time to kind mm-hmm. of fill in over at the major leagues. Do you yeah. know, will, will a bunch of more guys be coming in for those minor league games? Uh, Yeah, we've yesterday we actually sent up, like, 16 players. So, like, they, the MLB guys are having, like, their split squad games. So, that's when they're sending up a bunch of guys because it's, like, half the team. So, they send up as much guys as possible. Yeah, and but you get then, some uh, stuff like uh, like Michael. Uh, do you know who Michael Koval is? He was at uh, yeah, yeah. Clinton last year. Yeah, all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's in a game facing Eric Hosmer. It's sort of yeah, like yeah, it's crazy. Uh, oh, he did really well though. That was if you see him around, give him a yeah, good pat on the back from us <laughs> because man, he was he was pretty awesome. Do you think there's any yeah. chance you could get uh, or is that maybe because I know you finished up in rookie league. Um, so yeah. maybe maybe it's a, maybe it's a pretty big ask to uh, pull you out. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hoping I get the chance because I feel like it's definitely something I want to do to see if I can like test where I'm at, like facing the best players and that play baseball now. I feel like if yeah. I can get that opportunity and show what I can do, it will just prove a lot of people wrong. Yeah, and you know these late um, late in the games, especially, it's sort of like well. Um, you know, when you're down, when you're in like the eighth inning, I follow the minor leagues pretty closely, and there are guys like I have never heard of. Like I, yeah. I am not sure I know who Jonathan Mendoza is. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Um, but yeah, there there are some names that I don't recognize. So it sort of seems like things yeah. should be, um, especially because yeah. you posted some pretty good numbers down at the rookie league. Um, <laughs> Your cane, you had a canine of almost 14, um, and then uh, an FIP of just barely over three. So, and that's after coming off of uh, finishing a pretty strong season in college as well. So, yeah. you know, I, it, it sure it sure seems like something that would be nice to reward you. And you know, you wouldn't have yeah. high expectations, <laughs> but like you said, just to kind of get an idea of where you are. Um, exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit because I think that not a ton of people know who you are. It is hard to track the guys who are in rookie <laughs> league, the new draftees who haven't been in the system for a while. So um, information is a little thin on the ground. So why don't you uh, tell us, I know you're a Florida boy born and bred. So uh, why don't you just tell us yeah. about uh, where you grew up and how you got into baseball and where you went to high school and all that good stuff. All right. Yeah. Well, actually, I was I was born in New Jersey, uh, Old Bridge, New Jersey. So uh, yeah, I actually moved to Florida when I was. No, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I moved to I moved to South Florida when I was about six months old, and I've lived in that same house until now. Actually, like we, I still live in the same house that I've been growing up in, and uh, it's in Plantation, Florida. So um, yeah, I've been in Florida for 20 years now, but. Um, I got into baseball pretty much. Like my family is huge on baseball. My uh, my grandparents were born in the Bronx, so they're huge Yankee fans. My mom was a athlete in college, in uh, high school. She played softball and tennis, and she was uh, like she's she's very like she could have played college tennis and softball and all that, but you know she she got she started working and didn't really continue it. So 
feel like I get my like athletic side from her. My dad played baseball growing up also, so uh I just I guess that kind of got me into it. My uncle actually played baseball too growing up. He was a pitcher, so I feel like maybe that's where I got it from, like the pitching side of it and just how much they love the Yankees kind of like it made me start wanting to be like a New York Yankees player and I just like ever since then like growing up I've always wanted to be like a pro baseball player oh um, um, that's cool I always like to see how many people come from um what especially when their mom is an athlete too you know yeah a lot of times we hear about dads being athletes but not so much of it with mom yeah Um, I mean my go ahead yeah my I mean, like, but growing up, my dad would also, like, obviously, like, my coach and all that, like, he would help coach out, uh, like, the teams I would play on, and, you know, like, he'd play catch with me and everything, but, uh, like, I, I feel like a lot of moms don't do that. My mom would be in the backyard, like, playing catch with me, getting down, like, a catcher, like, letting me practice, <laughs> so it's just, I feel like it's good to have both of the support from both of them. Now, have you always been a pitcher, or were you yeah, one of those two-way a... players early on? <laughs> no, actually... I've always been a pitcher early on. It's kind of like, it's been strange. Like my dad would always be kind of on me about it when I was in like little league. He'd be like, Oh, you can't put limitations on yourself. Like you, you just can't be a pitcher. Like you're so young. And I was like, no, I like, I want to be a pitcher. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't care about playing the infield or hitting. Like I was never good. At, I was never a great hitter. Like I had power, but I would never like hit the ball. So, um, like, not so much. Like the growing context, up, I was just, no, just, it wasn't my <laughs> thing, but but definitely growing up, like, I was I, – I had a strong arm as a kid. So, like, when I got into a kid pitch, like, they tried me out on the mound, and I was the only one that could reach home plate and throw strikes. So, that's kind of how I got into it. And I just – like, I loved pitching so much, so I just stuck with it. And I didn't really focus on anything else. And then even in high school, I didn't play, like, another position. Uh, I think freshman year I played first base, like, 10 games maybe. And, every, like, just – I would be, a, like, a pitcher only, like, from – like growing up honestly um who did you look up to as who were your sort of early pitching heroes who'd you kind of model yourself at because mostly I think often you have like you know especially growing up a Seattle fan every kid I grew up with you know turned their cat bats squirts and wanted to be Griffey yeah. and, um I think people who idolize pitchers are a little few and further between so who'd you who'd you look at uh well actually growing up I was like I loved Derek Jeter like he's he's still my favorite player I mean I just like just the way he carried himself on and off the field like I I always like admired that but pitching wise I would say I I always liked Felix Hernandez actually like growing up I used to like I I always tried to model my game after him and it's crazy like getting drafted by Seattle now I could I see him like all the time now in the mini camp so it's like it's crazy for that. <laughs> Is that a little <laughs> a little starstruck moment, or has he been? Have you actually yeah, gotten is. to say anything to him? No, I haven't actually. But I, I I don't I don't even know what I would say to him. Like, <laughs> it's just a crazy experience all around. Oh, I think we have Ben joining us. Ben, is that you? Yeah. So. Hi, Ben. We're uh, in the middle of chatting. So Ben Thorne is now joining us. Ben, Tommy, Tommy, Ben. How you doing? Say hi to each other. Hey, can you guys both hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay, totally. cool. Yeah, I was trying to connect via uh, a laptop, and I think it was treating me as a, just a listener and not a uh, participant. So, um, yeah, yeah, sorry for being late to the party. 
That is totally fine. We were just, Tommy was just saying that uh, uh, he was just sucking up mightily and saying that uh, <laughs> that Felix Hernandez was his favorite pitcher growing up. I was able to hear you guys, so I caught that. That's good to know. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that is very cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about, like, when you started getting, I assume, kind of in, in high school, when you started getting really serious about having a baseball career. Um, I would say around my sophomore year is when I kind of started taking it, like, really serious. I, I that year we actually had one of the best teams in South Florida. And like we have one of the toughest like districts and I was the only sophomore that year to make varsity. So I played with, like with a bunch of the older guys. So uh, we actually have two kids, three kids on the team and like not including me that actually play pro baseball now. So, and like, I, I noticed all the scouts would go to watch their games. Like I'd be young, so they wouldn't really like watch me. So I was like, you know, I need to like step it up and impress these older kids. I mean, I want to be <laughs> in their, in their shoes and I'm a senior also. So I feel like yeah, that you always helped me a lot. Compare yourself to the best, right? Yeah. So like I, I noticed like I never had scouts on my game as like before sophomore year. Like I would just I mean, like scouts don't really watch kids that young. So I would see all the scouts coming to watch my teammates that are going to college or gonna play pro ball and it, it's just like I was like, yeah, I wanna be in this situation but almost like in two years from my sophomore year. So I think that pushed me a lot to do to make me focus, work harder, and just try to pitch, like, much better, just to, like, do it for them also. I mean, like, no, like, I, like knowing that they were going to sign and just – it's just I, – I feel like I had to be on their level also. Mm. Were any of those guys drafted highly as well, or uh, – One of them is actually uh, Louis, Louis Giorme from the New York Mets. Oh, that's a – Yeah, he was my – he's my shortstop. <laughs> and uh, – <laughs> We had a uh, Stephen Kerr. He got he signed with the Angels last year, and we actually just signed a an outfielder with the Mariners this year that played he played center field for me. So I'm gonna have my old high school center fielder with me now, again. Who's that? Uh, Jorge Solano. Oh. Okay. oh. And then um, go ahead, Kate. Oh no, I was just saying I recognize that name. That's cool. <laughs> is your high school kind of known as like a baseball powerhouse, or is just? happened to be the um, two years you guys all were there it it was kind of a it was i would say it was a powerhouse maybe when i was like freshman sophomore year but then all those all those guys left and it was just like i mean we were still like all right but it, it wasn't like it was never the same after all those guys left until my senior year when i like i became like i would be able to carry the team like i was older i could like i could like put the team on my back and kind of like like I looked at it as if, like, how when I was a sophomore, I looked up to the seniors, so I wanted to, like, lead by example to the younger kids. Like, we had a we had a really mm-hmm. young team that year, so I wanted to, like, I wanted to show them that, like, like the right way to play the game, you know, like, to care. A lot of kids, I feel like they don't really care about, like, high school baseball. You know, I just, I wanted to make sure they, like, really cared about playing and wanted to, like, move, like, play college baseball and all that. Well, you had some um, big-time accolades coming out of high school, uh, 2015 Perfect Game, Honorable Mention All-American, um, All-Region Second Team for Florida. Um, so you wind up going to JUCO, right? You go to yes. uh, EFSC, East Florida State College? Yeah. I forget what. I, went, I actually uh, I went to Polk State my freshman year, and I Polk transferred State, after right. that year. To Eastern okay, Florida so, State. 
why JUCO after all of these uh, accolades kind of roll in? I was I was um, a little surprised to see that you didn't wind up at a at a D one or maybe even a D two. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it was just like I don't, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think like growing up in high school, I mean, my grades were fine. Like I wouldn't say they were the best, but definitely I would definitely be able to go to a D one school. I just feel like a lot of I feel like a lot of coaches really didn't want to take a chance on me. Just mm-hmm. like I don't know, I, I didn't really throw super hard like until my senior year. Like I would, I'd be like topping like 88 maybe my junior year and I like my senior year is when I started throwing like in the 90s so I think it was just kind of like later for me but then yeah the um, perfect game has you has you listed in like 85 to 88 but you are a you're a tall guy you're a big guy you have that kind of prototypical pitcher body and as the the perfect game rate right up said you know the velocity will come like why did mm-hmm. this kid who got these accolades, who has this prototypical pitcher body, who clearly probably has some velocity to add with some, you know, professional training, um, yeah. why did this person get overlooked? I just, that's so surprising. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, I think it was just me kind of like fitting into my own body kind of late. I feel like a lot of kids that commit to like mm-hmm. the big D ones usually commit around their junior year. And I committed like early my senior year and it was to Polk State and it was like, I didn't really know anything about junior college baseball. I was like, oh, like I hear about people talk about junior college, and it's like, like it's like the worst baseball you can go to. But then, one of my coaches actually for summer ball had a connection with Polk State, and he was telling me like they're like ranked like top ten in the nation. And I was like, I was like, you know, I'll just go on a visit. Like I'll see what it's like. And like I lo- I love the facility there. Like the coaches were like they they knew what they were talking about. They they looked like they were gonna push me hard, and they did. And, like so, I, I get there in the fall, and it's just totally what like I'm not I'm not expecting it at all. Like the competition was so good, and I was just like I was like wow, like I was like this is gonna be like a rude awakening for me. I was like I'm used to dominating in high school games, and now it's like like I can't even like throw strikes here. So like it was definitely mm. something hard like to get used to. But then you know just like just practicing like working with like it's just the older kids like pushing you to do better it's just you, you don't want to look like the person that doesn't try or like that that went to the school like on a full scholarship and like didn't live up to that potential right well so then you so transfer you... oh go ahead sorry that's ben that's what i was going to ask is it seems like you had a really good experience there what caused you to transfer over to a different school to finish out that second year yeah it was just i i didn't really like the experience i had there i mean like I definitely got much better. Like I got mentally tough. Like, like I would say Polk State definitely like prepared me for baseball after that. It just it didn't work out. Like I didn't I didn't get the innings I felt like I deserved or any of that stuff. So I just I was like, you know, I'm just gonna transfer. Like I'm gonna go someplace. And, like I'm gonna be happy where I play. Like I don't want to worry about like impressing people. Like I just want to go somewhere and pitch and not worry about like the coaches like getting pissed at me or something. Like mm-hmm. it, it was just. It just wasn't like a place that I was happy to play baseball. Like they definitely got me better, but it wasn't like I wasn't having fun. I would say. Mhm. And I mean, you were putting that pressure on yourself too, because you felt like you had to show there, get there, and kind of show up and. Yeah. And exactly. Be this person. Yeah, I think once you start that, once it stops being fun, you have to do something so that to mm-hmm. get that love yeah. back. Um, and obviously, so. it things went pretty well. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, t- so do you want me to, to list the off? fall? 
Oh, go ahead, Kate. If you oh, I was just going to list off his accolades, but you can you can ask your question. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess mine was kind of looking up, um, looking forward to uh, you know playing down in Arizona with the rookie ball team there. Uh, you know, the, the results kind of continued, which Kate was kind of alluding to, I think. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, the numbers you put up in college just continued right up in pro ball. So um, I guess kind of just wanted to get uh, sort of a feel for your experience playing, you know, with other professionals and um, if any of your teammates with that rookie league team really stood out to you or anything, or if you got particularly close with anybody. Yeah, uh, it was, it was a great experience actually playing over here. I mean, it it was like, it's just something I've always dreamed of. So it was like, like, it was kind of surreal to me. Like my first outing, I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm pitching against the Cleveland Indians right now. Like even it's not the MLB team, but it's like, I'm wearing an MLB (laughs) baseball uniform. And it's just like, it's just like crazy to like be living in your dream. (laughs) That's awesome. And then, yeah. Let's back up just a second because Ben mentioned your college accolades and I do want to mm-hmm. kind of go over those because I think, again, when you're talking about a guy who maybe uh, doesn't get a ton of recognition, these are really kind of eye-popping numbers. Um, <laughs> you had 136 strikeouts to just 14 walks. So obviously I'm surprised Jerry DePoto didn't like drive to Florida and kidnap you right then. <laughs> Because um, obviously we that that's a huge point of emphasis in the organization. Um, mm-hmm. But you, the NG, NJCAA leader in strikeouts, um, your 14 K9 was third in all of ju- JUCO ball. Uh, you're the Region Eight Player of the Year. Um, so just tons of in really just sort of one short year, you just racked up all of these accolades <laughs> did you have plans to tr- maybe oh, i know a lot of guys take the path where they do two years at juco and then transfer to a different school um we have mike margima the catcher who did that with sacramento city college and then he switched mm-hmm. over to long beach state um actually do you know a guy named blair calvo yes uh, i do actually <laughs> well so i was just uh reading about him because i was doing this uh preview for college drafts and I looked and saw like oh he's he's from EFSC and he just <laughs> transferred to Pitt so was that your plan or did you really want to get drafted uh I mean my plan even going into my freshman year of college was I, I want to do one year and get out of here I want to sign like that's been my that's what I want to do my whole life I just want to play pro baseball like, I don't care what round how much money I just want to <laughs> play professional but then it, it didn't work out, obviously. So I was like, all right, like, I'm going to, like, I need to get drafted this year. Like, like I mean, I always wanted to have, like, the D1 experience, I guess. But, like, nothing, like, that wouldn't outweigh, like, me playing pro baseball now. So I, I feel like, I mean, I was committed to University of South Florida. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I love, like, I love the school. Like, I, I was sold on it. I was like, all right, I'm. Like even if I get drafted, I'm gonna go to school. Like it just looked like such a like a nice place to be at and everything. And then it's just draft day comes around and it's like you're like wow, like my dreams are about to come true. Like if I just agree to playing pro baseball, so was, like I just I just decided to take the pro baseball route instead of the D1 school. So tell us a little bit about your draft day. The Mariners take you in the 15th round. You get a you know a modest signing bonus but I think for 15th round it was a pretty healthy one like they clearly wanted yeah. you so uh mm-hmm. what take us through your draft day a little 
Yeah, well, I was uh, being told, like, from the year I had and, like, all the scouts talking to me, like, they were saying, like, oh, we're going to pick you in round four to ten, like, be ready on day two of the draft. So I had my whole – like, my family came over and everything. And, mm-hmm. like, I had my friends, my girlfriend, like, my brother came home. And it was just – I was just, like, waiting for the phone call. And it just – like, I never – like, I would, I would get calls, but it wouldn't be – like the amount of money I was looking for, I guess, because my like my agent was kind of telling me like, oh, like look for this range, and then so I never got that. I got a few calls, but I just like I didn't. I was like, no, like I'll, like I'm gonna wait. So I ended up not getting drafted on the second day, and I was just like broken that day. I was just I wanted to be alone. I was like I stayed in my room all day long. I was like in my head, I was like, what else do I need to do? Like I had a, I had this great pitching year. Like what else do I need to do to get drafted? And like. So the next day comes around and I'm like, not even, I didn't even pay attention to the third day of the draft. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. Like at this point they're like, they're picking kids over me, like for no reason really. So I get, my parents are split up. So I'm actually driving to my dad's house. It's like a 20 minute drive. So I'm over there and like, he knows I'm like, I'm like broken down from this, like not getting drafted. And then we're just sitting down and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, no, like, I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to get drafted next year. Like, I'm going to, like, I don't care, like, what happens. I'm going to get drafted next year. But then um, my agent actually calls me out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, I wonder, like, he's probably just going to tell me, oh, keep your head up. Like, there's always next year. And he was like, congratulations. And I was like, for what? And he was like, he's like, the Mariners just picked you in the 15th round. And I just, <laughs> like, I got so happy at that point. Like, I was like, my whole mood changed around. Well, they didn't have just, a- there was no conversation like that. Cause a lot of times they'll call guys and be like, Hey, we're looking at you. Had you not heard from the Mariners at all? No, they, I mean, they, they called me in a previous round, but it was, it just wasn't for what I was looking for at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just like, no, they ended up just taking me. So I was just like, in my head, I was like, no, like, I'm just like, I saw all my friends getting drafted and like, and then I finally got the chance. And you know, like, I was like, I don't want to go to school. Like, have all my friends be playing pro ball, and then, like, I'm a year behind them. Like, I'd rather just get into it now. Like, I know I'm ready for it. Like, I just – I came off a good year in junior college. Like, I know it's not the D1 level, but, like, people really don't know, like, the competition level and, like, the South Florida JUCO League. So, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm ready to start my professional career. Uh, all right. Ben, I'll let you ask all your questions now about rookie league. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of touched on it already, but um, I mean, I just had a—that's kind of I'm, I'm kind of being the site prospect guy. I was really interested in just following the rookie league team because uh, you know we don't usually have a ton of access to those guys, and there's not typically you know a ton of you know footage or scouting reports on people yet, just because you guys are usually fresh out of college. But you guys mm-hmm. had a whole bunch of guys that seemed like that kind of just came out and set the world on fire right out of college. So uh, yeah, I guess. Did you do you have anybody on the team as far as you know other other players that you kind of gravitated toward uh, pretty quickly that you became pretty close with? Yeah, actually, I got really close with uh, Jorge Benitez. Actually, he's my roommate right now, and uh, we just we just got really close. We were uh, we were both named starters, and we piggybacked each other. So like we didn't have to be to the field like right away. Like so we would hang out together before our starts, and like we just we just got super close. We started building off each other, like pitching. Like he would start, and I would come in after, and I would like. We would just, it's like a like a friendly competition. Like we we both want to see each other do good, but we both push each other. Also, we know how to like pick each other up if one of us does bad. Like we like we like to help each other out. So like I feel like me and him have gotten really close. Yeah, it seems and like I a guess pretty close. The... Oh, sorry. I was oh, just you're gonna good. say Go it seems like a really close knit group down there in general. The strength and yeah. conditioning thing. We see pictures of you guys all at like 
the Grand Canyon together and building houses <laughs> together. And um, what's that? I, I know that the Mariners have put a lot of emphasis on team building. Um, have you ever had anything like that in your baseball career? What's that experience been like? Um, I really haven't had anything like this before. I feel like I feel like in junior college ball, it's all about just trying to commit to like the D1 school or getting drafted out of it. Like people like like people don't want to like. I mean, obviously, I had a great time like my sophomore year. Like I made a lot of new friends. Like I wish like I wish I could stay there longer because I was only there for a year. But um, but yeah, like the Mariners are really big on that. So I like it was just crazy to see like people like from all over like the United States like just get along so quick like you just meet someone and like you know like you're going to be with them for like the next like year and a half like half a year so it's like I mean it's just you get close to them knowing like you're going to be with them for like most of your days yeah uh, I noticed also I don't know how much like overlap you had with them but there's a few guys from the big league club that made stops there with the um, AZL team yeah I think Evan Scribner, Shea Simmons, you know, it's like Evan Marshall mm-hmm. is down there. Did you get a chance to interact with any of those guys much, and did you really pull anything away from communicating with them? Uh, I didn't really get a chance to speak to them, but when they would pitch, I would lo- I would I would always obviously try to pick up as much as I can, like watching them pitch, like just how they go about their business. Like if they're pitching in a, like a certain situation, I would see like how like how they just use that situation to pitch and just they stay calm and they just like they don't try to overdo anything like they just go out there and like they just they're just themselves who are some other names that uh we might not know as much because it is kind of hard to keep track of the rookie league guys a lot of them are younger guys a lot of them are coming over from the dominican uh, the dsl where we really don't have like scouting reports or videos or anything. Um, who are some guys who you think are uh, maybe, you know, obviously we all know who Sam Carlson is, even though he didn't really throw. Yeah. We all know who Evan White, right? Um, who are some mm. guys who maybe people don't know as much who Mariners fans should keep an eye out for? Um, I would say, uh, I would say Ryan Costello and, uh, Ryan Garcia, they're just, I mean, they were late picks, but I mean, they're, they're still two of the best hitters I've seen, honestly. Like they just, they hit the ball so well. And uh, pitching wise, I would say, Sam, I think Sam De La Plain is really good. He just like, he, mm-hmm. me and him kind of like would, like he would come in after me, like the games I would pitch and it would just be like a, like, it would just be like a shutdown game. Like he, like me and him would just try to go out there and like not even let anyone hit the ball. And like he did that. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool um well so i saw that you've always been a starter right um mm-hmm. and then i saw that you weren't always starting the games in arizona which i figured was partially because do you know how many innings i don't know the number off the top of my head how many innings you pitched at uh at eastern florida but it was i think it was like i think it was like 95 something like that Okay, I was going to guess 80-something. I thought that was the number. So anyway, that's almost 100 innings. And then you go to the AZL and you add like 40 plus, 43, I think it was, yeah. more on top of that. So like that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a pretty that's – a, that's a major league workload, right? Like that's getting close to 200 yeah. innings. So mm-hmm. um, were they just – did they kind of back you off a little bit or why – um, well, 
they had it as a, like, they still named me as a starter. It was just, I they call it, like, piggybacking. So, like, it would, it would pretty much be two starters, just uh, Jorge Benitez would start the games. Like, like we, I would I would have a few starts, but it's still, like, like, I would come in with, like, clean innings unless, like, something went wrong. So, it's still, like, okay. I'm kind of getting my start, but just not at the start of the game. It's not like I'm going to come in in, like, a pressure situation. But, like, it would, that would still be on, like, the starter, like, like uh conditioning page and like the lifts like i would i would do all the starter like all the starter workouts and everything like that just kind of uh managing your innings a little better then so we should not go off of what fangraph says when fangraph says you have you didn't start x number of games Um, because i was Uh, i was (laughs) okay that's good to know and it could be Um, deceiving is i'm got to pull up his last um, appearance although it wasn't a start he came in after uh, Ryan Weber pitched an inning, but mm-hmm. through six yeah. one-hit innings. So I guess that's technically yeah. a relief appearance, but it will be a So what are some things, because I think a lot of people don't, we don't have video. Um, the only scouting report is from, you know, four years ago or whatever the perfect game one is. Um, <laughs> tell us about you as a pitcher. Um, what do you throw, and what are you working on? Uh, well, like, what's I, your approach? Sure that... you tell us what your approach is to pitching, too. Yeah. Well, my approach is just, like, people tell me not to think about this, but my approach is to try and, like, I just try to strike everyone out. Like, that, I just don't want anyone to make contact, like, with the ball. Like, like growing up, that's just been, like, my whole, like, problem. Like, I would – like, I would just, like, people would, like, make contact, and my, my infield would, like, make errors. Like, it's just been, like, my life story, honestly. It was just, so I was, like, I always just grown up, like, don't let the infield get the ball. So, oh, like, no. that, <laughs> I mean, now at this point, I don't have to do that, because obviously I have, like, a great infield here, so, like, they don't, they don't make the errors. So now I feel a little more relaxed, but I would say I would just try, I try to attack the zone. I try to throw a lot of strikes, and I don't really... I try not to fall behind. Like the Mariners are really big on first pitch strikes and winning one one yeah. counts, so I try to follow that. I mean I want to impress them and throw the ball as hard as I can and see like what it can do, but I also I know they're so big on people throwing strikes and they don't really care about like the stuff you have as long as you can throw strikes. So I feel like that fits into like my game because I throw strikes I throw a lot of strikes, so I feel like I, it's like a fit like plan for me. So you are I'm like uh, looking at your game logs. I I thought that this was like a typo for a second. I see you had a three a three three and two thirds inning outing where you struck out ten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, there were a couple times at at Eastern Florida where you this and this resonates with a lot of Mariners fans. I think two times, twice. You struck out 11 batters over the course of the game, and you, your team lost both those games. How do yeah. you lose? How do you lose a game where your pitcher gives you 11 strikeouts? That's yeah, so that's, I, that's, I understand. Like, like I, you're controlling what I you get can back control. To. What's yeah, that? I'm like sorry. I, I've had to I've had to learn to deal with that type of stuff. Like like I said, growing up, like I would there'd be a bunch of errors like when I would pitch, and it would just like when I like at my sophomore year of college, I just had to learn like like all right like if there's people watching, they know that's not they know like I'm not getting beat. It's just right. maybe like my team isn't scoring that day, but I mean you, like you can't blame them. It's, I mean 
like I don't, I mean, I don't like to put the blame on anyone. It's just, I mean, it's just, I mean, you win some and you lose some. There's, there was times I pitched and I struck out six batters and we won the game. I gave up four runs and we win. But then there's times I don't, I don't give up any earned runs and we like lose still. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just a crazy game. <laughs> yeah, you can't pay attention. I mean, you know, we all know that pitcher wins are a poor statistic, but yeah, you can't pay attention to that. But I do. I think it's interesting <laughs> the idea that that has shaped who you are as a pitcher, how you, how you mm-hmm. pitch. Um, I know you have, so you have the fastball. It's maybe not the fastest fastball out there. You know, you're not mm-hmm. blazing it up there at 95 or whatever. Um, yeah. But you are depending a lot on your location. Mm-hmm. And is there some deception to it? Or what do you, what, what do you do with sort of a, with a fastball that's not a, a you know, blow away triple digit fastball um what do you think makes that fastball effective that helps you get Um, somebody's strikeout i would say it's just my delivery like the deception part of it because i the coaches here like they they say the same thing like they say like your fastball is not like an overpowering fastball it's just the way i pitch like my arm comes like straight behind my body like and it follows up my whole head and so like i release the ball so it's like you really can't even see like my arm so my hand is like out to throw the ball. So they say that has a lot to do with it. They say like you strike out so many people because they can't even they can't even see the ball until it's like at the plate pretty much. So I mean, although it might be like a ninety to like ninety three mile per hour fastball, like it looks much harder like to the hitter I would say. Mm-hmm. And um, like just the coaches here they say like my fastball has like a really high spin rate. So they kind of like they say like it rises a little bit. So that, like they have me pitch up in the zone a lot because I could I could throw that ninety mile per hour fastball like at their shoulders, like, over the plate, and it just looks like a fastball that they can hit, and it just, like, goes straight over the bat. You know, that's really interesting, because I was just going to ask you um, what kind of advanced, if if they're using advanced metrics down there, and what kind of access you guys have to it, because they've definitely done a lot. You know, Nick Vincent on the big league team is a, mm-hmm. kind of the classic example of a guy who doesn't have the world's fastest fastball, but is able to put so much deception on it with his spin rate yeah. and just really fool batters and induce a ton of, mm-hmm. if he does get contact, you know, it's weak fly ball contact. Yeah. Occasionally the balls go over the fence, but you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but he jams a lot of guys too, and he gets mm-hmm. a lot of ugly swings on that. So I was interested. It does seem like they're, that's something that they kind of pride now. And um, he's got that. And then he's got the slider and like really mm-hmm. with just two pitches is able to be really effective what have you got as far as um, secondary pitches? I know you've got you've got a pretty sharp curveball. Is that right? Yeah, I actually throw a I throw a regular fastball and I throw a sinker and I throw a curveball slider. I have two different grips for my changeup that I throw one to lefties and one to righties. I can mix it up. I just it's like two changeups. I would say. So that's four pitches. I've lost count. So you've got the fastball. You've got the sinker. You've got the change, you've got the curve, curve slide. Is it a slurve then? Well, my curveball curve is kind of like a slurve. Like my curveball is a little like slurvy, but then my slider is more of like a, like a true slider. It, and it's just, I don't really look at it the way it moves. It's just like the velocity it has. Like my curveball is like 74 to 76, but then my slider is like 84 to 86. So it's like, Mm-hmm. like they move the same way but it's like a, the same pitch so it's like i mean if they're looking for like the slower one and it's a harder one like they're just late on it 
so I like I use the slider kind of like later in counts, like because it's sharper and it like it'll, I'll get more like easy contact, like double plays or strikeouts, swing and misses. Like I use my curve more as like a like a oo count, like to try to get ahead because I feel like a lot of people don't really expect like a first pitch like slow curveball like that. Mhm. Um, what are the Mariners working with you on? What are, did they? I know that one of the things that they're kind of emphasizing with player development is setting benchmarks, not that, um, that aren't necessarily the same benchmarks for every player. Like we want everybody to mm-hmm. throw a fastball at the speed, like, um, that they're trying to yeah. tailor a program to each guy. So like, what are, mm-hmm. what are the things that you're working on? Uh, well, there's, there's like a little bit delivery things that they, that I want, they want me to work on. It's kind of like when I lift my, my leg up, I kind of like fall forward, like in rush to home plate. So mm-hmm. they kind of have me working on that and kind of like pushing over my backside more, like on my, my like push off leg. So those are like the two things I've been working on, like, especially in the mini camp, like we have early work and I've just been doing the like towel drills, like just working on my mechanics, mm-hmm. just doing, just trying to like fix that so I can like just become better. <laughs> That's cool. I know that they did away with instruct this year. There was no instructional league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they replaced that with, it seemed like a strength and conditioning camp. Were you at that? Yeah. Do you know, what do you, what yeah, do you know about that? I was that? there. I was there. Um, that it was, was, uh, it was, it was not good. something. Oh, sorry. Just like, that's not something anybody else in baseball is doing. And it's a decision that I think mm-hmm. has been regarded with a little bit of like raised eyebrows around. Um, so I was just wondering on what you found useful out of that or, um, Maybe in talking to some other guys with different organizations, do you wish there were instructionals? Do you wish there were those those games situations, or did you find it useful to do whatever it was you guys were doing? Um, I think it was definitely more useful for the high performance camp, just because after throwing that many innings without really a break, like I don't want to go back there and throw more innings. <laughs> like it just no. <laughs> like you really don't you don't get like that break like as a pitcher like you you need to like give your arm a break so it's just like I was and my like my weight was kind of like up so I, I really was excited to go there and I got I lost like 20 pounds I got more muscular so like now I'm just I feel like that's going to translate more into the game than going to instructs and throwing like 10 innings I feel like the the high performance camp is much more was it's more of a benefit towards players you lost 20 pounds yeah. Well, teach me your ways. Uh, <laughs> I know that they they emphasize the the um, nutrition and stuff a lot. Was that mm-hmm. anything you had heard before? Or, um, was that mostly new? That shaped how you eat every day. Uh, it's kind of always something I've heard. I've always been kind of like like on the heavier side, not like super like out of shape, but definitely like if I could if I could have lost that weight earlier and looked better in front of scouts, I think that would have changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, definitely like over here, it's, it's definitely easier to have like a better diet just because like the cooks over here, like they're always cooking up stuff that's like healthier for us. It's not like we're going out to eat like, like just junk food every day. So it was like coming to the camp, it helped because that's all that they focused on the nutrition a lot and just the working out. Like and I, seeing the results definitely pushed me to do harder. And then going home, I I kept up with it, and it was just like, I'm I'm just happy I went to it because now I feel like I'm I could be at the top of my game now, like more athletic and stronger. I'm like I'm excited to see like what this year has in store for me. Mm-hmm. 
have. Um, ben, do you have any other questions that you want to ask about? Um, I don't even know if you are at liberty to disclose this to us, but do you have any type of idea um, where you'll be starting the season out at? Um, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure where I would be, but the uh, the Clinton coaches were keeping in touch with me over the off season, and like we filled out like a medical questionnaire, and it said my team was Clinton Lumberking. So I'm like, I'm hoping that's where I end up. I mean, I'm hoping I can do good enough. Yeah, selfishly, we want you with Everett so we can get you uh, see you with our own eyes a little more. But I guess getting you to the big leagues quicker would be a, a good compliment yeah. for us, I suppose. Yeah, that Quinn yeah, pitching staff, I think, could could probably use you too because they had a little bit of a rough rough year last year. And still, I mean, I would I would expect uh, Clinton seems like a good um, guess that I don't know that short season would really do a lot for you other than put you in mm-hmm. against the same college guys that you, you know, kind of played against. Yeah. So probably uh, Clinton at a minimum. So um, what's your goal then? Do you have like a goal in mind? If you do get assigned to Clinton, like what are you targeting? You know, obviously then you want to get moved up to high A and then you want to get moved up to double yeah. A. It's like, uh, what are, what are your goals for the upcoming year? Uh, I just want to just continue how I've been pitching. I don't. Re- I, I'm trying not to really change much. I just want to keep staying on the same line I've been on since my my sophomore year of college to the rookie ball league. I don't want to really like a like a big thing that they preach over here is just like not changing who you are. Like no matter the competition. Like they tell us, like the kids that have been going up to the MLB spring training games, they say like don't try to like overdo it. Like it's the same pitches that are going to get hitters out, and the minors are going to get the major league hitters out. So I mean, I just want to. I just want to go over there and be the same pitcher I have been. I, obviously, I want to be one of the top starters there. I mean, I need to work hard for that. So I just want to, I just want to be like the the pitcher they depend on to win the games for them. Great. Um, all right. Well, Ben, you got anything else to ask Tommy about? Uh, no, that, that kind of does it for me. Yeah, it is really cool to get kind of this peek into the organization on the lower levels because, you know, we sort of, mm-hmm. we know about uh, Tacoma because it's right here. We have that fair mm-hmm. amount of access to Everett, but it seems like the Mariners are doing a lot at specifically a lot around the Peoria complex where they are um, yeah. really just implementing all this new stuff, all this high performance stuff that, you know, we kind of haven't seen before. And it's not that it's mm-hmm. secret. It's just not, um, not something that we totally know about because we we're not in contact with the people who are coming out of those camps right now. So it's really cool to hear something like, you know, you went, how long was that? Was that the fall Um, was happening at the same time as the Arizona fall league? I want to say. Yeah, it was. I know you guys all went out for Braden Bishop's thing. The walk for all the whatever. Yeah. We were, we were there for like six weeks. It was like a six week uh, camp. Well, that's and you lost twenty pounds in six weeks. Yeah, I just I gotta keep yeah. going back to that because that is that is dramatic. Um, yeah, I was and surprised. you must feel was... great. Yeah, yeah I, was that it was, I was so happy that you, I went to it. Was it the kind of thing where when you got off the plane in Florida, people were like, "Damn, Tommy!" 
Yeah, they were actually. It was, like, I was kind of like embarrassed. I was like, did I was I that big before? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure. It's like that is awesome because I know it's hard. It's hard to be away from home and family, and obviously, like mm-hmm. your family mentioned, your girlfriend. Um, you know, distance distance is challenging. So it's nice yeah. to know that all this hard work is paying off in very real ways, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and talking to us. Um, and we wish you the best and we'll be watching to see if maybe you get to sneak into one of these spring training games. <laughs> I'm hoping and, so. Uh, <laughs> we'll be looking out for you next year too, because it sounds like there are some, some big things ahead for you. Um, thank you. Maybe, maybe the people, the fine people at Fangraphs will even see it fit to <laughs> make a mention of you rather than some guy who's not on our team anymore. I was so mad. I was yeah. so mad, Tommy. I was mad. I was yeah, mad I mean, on your behalf about that. Yeah, I, I try not to pay attention to that. I mean, I notice it, but it's, I mean, I don't, I don't care. It's just, I go out there and I, I know I'm doing my part. So I, I, I hope, I hopefully someone notices one day. <laughs> well, we there's a balance, it. right? We do notice. There is a balance right, yeah. between like being mad about stuff and having a little bit of a chip on your shoulder that motivates you, right? Mm-hmm. Like using that energy yeah. in a positive direction. Um, yeah, and it definitely, definitely sounds, yeah, it definitely sounds like that's something that, uh, you know, is in the back of your mind when you get up on the mound, like the scouts that overlooked you and the prospect writers that have overlooked you and, um, yeah. you know, so it'll be, we're, we're definitely rooting for you and rooting for your success. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been the Lookout Landing Podcast with our guest, Tommy Romero. Tommy, um, for people who want to follow you, tell the, tell them where they can find you on Twitter or whatever. Instagram, uh, Twitter whatever. Is, Twitter is TommyR55, and my Instagram is TommyRow underscore. TommyRow underscore. Um, yeah. And do you, have a, do you have one of them that you prefer more than the other? I know all the kids. All the kids like the Instagram. Um, <laughs> I mean, I use I use both equally. I would say, I mean, both. I would. I've, I'm on them both every day. So. I always appreciate when I see you retweet something about Greg Maddox or something about <laughs> always. You always seem to have your head in pitching, and uh, yeah. when you post that little little sad sad boy emoji waiting for the season, missing baseball. Like, <laughs> that's that is extremely us. It's always nice to have somebody <laughs> around who like just genuinely loves the sport as much as we do. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. All right. Thank you again so much, Tommy Romero. Thank you, All Ben, right. for hosting. And uh, we, will be, we will be cheering for you, and we will talk to you guys all next week. All right. Thank you guys for having me again. No problem. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.